it's inevitable when you grow up in a house of faith and when you um, also grow up in a house that is East meets West in terms of science, it's kind of the inevitable outcome because we all believe in science and understand that science is real and have that side of our brains. But we also, you know, like say certain mantras on certain days for certain gods or planets or, and so the marriage of those two, it just was to me, like, you know, intuition is very scientific. It's just energy. It's just matching energy and understanding energy that's around you. So it always made sense to me that way. I think because of the way my family was accepting and, and like factual about it. Like they were always just like, Oh yeah, that, of course that thing happened that the horoscope said, like when I got stuck in hurricane Katrina, my freshman year of college, my parents, while very, very worried because they didn't know where I was for a long time, also knew like they were like, yeah, but your horoscope said that water would block your education. And then when that happened, we realized that's what it was, you know, so it's like wow. they've never they've been so good about never leaving a ton of room for me to ever panic about anything. So I now try to give that to other people and try to be like, there's nothing to panic about. This was this was faded or this was, you know, you're exactly where you're supposed to be kind of thing. And that's definitely because of the way I was raised. Welcome to another episode of As Woo Woo As You Want with Celine and Jeremiah and, and Yamina Maleth. Yamina is a good friend of uh, one of our friends, Braxton, um, and she's intuitive and a tower reader, and she does energy clearing, and um, she's also an actress, a singer, and just has like a really cool series of skills and talents and abilities that she brings to the world and um, blesses the world with. So yes. we are many hats, many many hats, many hats. Yes. Um, which I personally relate to. So um, <laughs> I really uh, had a wonderful time chatting with Yams and I think Celine did as well. So without Absolutely. further ado, let's, let's go to our in. conversation. So yeah, so my name is Yamana Meleth, um, otherwise known as Hinduative. And um, I am a professional actor and singer, um, but have also discovered an ability um of for intuition and so now i do intuitive psychic readings and um energy coordinating on like tv film sets which basically just means i go and clear space of the energy or like work with the actors um to get everybody sort of on the same page as each other and um yeah it kind of just you know, I thought like before the pandemic that I was wearing a lot of hats and now I'm wearing infinitely more since. So, um, yeah. Cool. Well, that, I mean, that's, uh, I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, can, I, can I call you yams or what do you prefer? Yeah, yam is totally fine. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so, uh, but, but before we like get really into it, um, 
you know, I was looking at your site and like looking at like how you like your path. And I would just love if you could share some of that with our listeners, because I think it's really interesting, you know, the way you came to where you are right now. Sure. Um, so I, as the pandemic was looming and none of us knew, I was um, in a national tour of a musical called The Office, a musical parody. And I was the female swing and I was the first POC Pam um, to go on tour. And it was, or well, to be in the production at all, I guess. And um, I while we were on tour, I had never experienced anything quite to that degree of travel before. Like I moved a ton when I was a kid and I've um, bounced from like apartment to apartment or house to house, but it had never been like the way that tour is where you're in maybe two cities a day. And then on top of that, you're in these really, really old theaters, right? And like theaters happen to be spaces in which people have had very free forms of expression for the most part have had pretty free forms of expression over you know in some of these cities like a couple of hundred years so um i just found every time i was getting into a new space that even now talking about it gives me chills but every time i would walk into a new space i would all of a sudden it was like i was imprinted with all of these stories from the space or from the town and i didn't understand how i knew them or how how i would have known them and then i thought like oh well i read a lot i probably just i'm probably just remembering or recalling something that i've read before but then every time a specific example is when we were in st louis i just kept getting this story of this painter um and who had like kind of fallen to a tragic death. And I just kept kind of like seeing in my mind's eye, this image of this young, um, young guy in the green room. And finally I wasn't going on for one of the shows. And so I asked somebody that worked in the theater, just what the history of the theater was. And he was like, well, actually he was like, it's the anniversary of this, really tragic death when the theater was being built and there was this young painter and he was up in the rafters and he fell and they say he's always in the theater now. And I, I was like, Oh, and I've always been into the occult. So even then I was like, and I, my mom is a statistician. My dad is a doctor. So I still have, I have a very pragmatic brain also. So I was like, there's no, this has to be like memory recollection, something I've read about this or something, but I hadn't. And then I just realized that, it was spirit trying to desperately trying to explain to me that I have this gift of being able to um, see and feel spirits. And then, and now like to hear them and to hear stories or to get messages across to people. And then I had a day in Boston where I went on as Pam and I very unfortunately for my acting partner in all of these scenes, dropped almost every single one of my lines because I so loudly had this voice in my head that was giving me numbers, dates, the name of this restaurant, the name of this Italian dish. And when you're Pam in the show, you have a scratch pad. So I was like um, taking notes and it turned out at the end of it, that the person I was across from, who's one of my very good friends, his mother had recently passed and it turned out that it was her birthday that I'd written down. It turned out that day was the anniversary of this um, 
this family thing where they go to this Italian restaurant and they always order the same dish. And then I was like, okay, this is something else. So then I called my mom who I'm very close to. And I, to be totally honest, was like, I think I'm losing it. I was like, I think this is it for me. Um, this is the end of the road. I need to move home. I'm going crazy because, uh, because schizophrenia also runs in our family. And so mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm in my late twenties. I, this is probably something like that. And my mom was like, very casually was like, Oh no, 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 no. She was like, this is perfect timing actually, because your Indian horoscope says this is exactly when you're going to discover your psychic and intuitive talent. So you're right on track. She was like, don't worry. And just was so, and then like kind of casually like mentioned to my dad on the phone, like, Hey, Yamuna, it happened. Yamuna found out she's a psychic. It was like getting your like Hogwarts letter or something. Like (laughs) it was the most insane thing. Um, And then I kind of was forced into honing it and developing it because then the pandemic hit and I went home um, and, you know, obviously, I mean, still Broadway actors are, we're we're all really struggling to, to get back to work. So I had to figure out another way to pay rent. And, um, and so I started asking friends if I could, use them sort of if they would like kind of be my guinea pigs and if I could give them little readings and if they resonated or, you know, and I was asking for honest criticism, which as an actor, you get fairly used to receiving constantly. So I um, started and then I just wasn't getting really any criticism. Like everybody was just like, nope, that was right. I don't know what you want me to say. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe this is a thing. Maybe I should do this. So now it's, I made it an official LLC this year and, um, it's, I trademarked the names and now I'm doing like pretty consistent, um, readings for all sorts of people all over the world. Wow. Yeah. So rad. That's so rad. That's so rad. Wild. Yeah. So like in terms of your, your like family history, is this something that like you grew up with or is it something that kind of happens like only recently in terms of like you knowing about it or you guys talking about it? Um, so we, so I've been raised Hindu and I'm from South India. So we value astrology a lot. Like we have okay. a family astrologer. We, everything we do is, is based on astrology. My dad and I constantly talk about, you know, what's next in the horoscope. And huh. I've definitely always um, had faith in it because it's never been wrong. Um, and my mom, everybody actually in my family is extremely intuitive. They just don't necessarily label it as such. Like my dad is an extremely intuitive doctor and what makes him, I mean, outside of obviously years and years of practice and study, what makes him so good is that he is so empathetic and feels pretty, um, pretty accurately what is happening and where it's happening. And, uh, my mom also has just always been psychic. Like she's always been like, I just think you're going to get, I remember like when I got into this fine arts boarding school and she like called the day she called it like the day that I was going to get the acceptance letter, I got it. And like, I, um, you know, in a lot of ways, it's been really helpful for our family because I was a, a kind of a hellion 
in high school and college, just, I, I dabbled in a lot of drugs. I drank, I like, you know, I was constantly getting in trouble. I was constantly dating like the worst possible (laughs) kind of guy. And my parents thankfully had this precursor. Like they were like, yeah, we kind of knew that you were going to do this to us. And, um, you know, it, it was, it made it possible for us to get through it all as a family. Um, and my brother too is extremely intuitive, um, but wouldn't ever call it being psychic. I think it's just, I think it's, it's inevitable when you grow up in a house of faith and when you, um, also grow up in a house that is East meets West in terms of science, it's kind of the inevitable outcome because, we all believe in science and understand that science is real and have that side of our brains. But we also, you know, like say certain mantras on certain days for certain gods or planets or, and so the marriage of those two, it just was to me, like, you know, intuition is very scientific. It's just energy. It's just matching energy and understanding energy that's around you. So it always, made sense to me that way. I think because of the way my family was accepting and, and like factual about it. Like they were always just like, Oh yeah, that, of course that thing happened that the horoscope said, like when I got stuck in hurricane Katrina, my freshman year of college, my parents, while very, very worried because they didn't know where I was for a long time also knew like they were like yeah but your horoscope said that water would block your education and then when that happened we realized that's what it was you know so it's like they've never they've been so good about never leaving a ton of room for me to ever panic about anything so I now try to give that to other people and try to be like there's nothing to panic about this was this was faded or this was you know you're exactly where you're supposed to be kind of thing and that's definitely because of the way I was raised. So do you use um, more like Vedic astrology also in your like readings or is it mainly based on kind of your intuition or connecting with the person's energetic field? It's definitely connecting first um, mm-hmm. and then intuition. Um, I'm studying Vedic astrology now. My dad is, is, this is how everybody in my family is. Everybody in my family is like a very, very good something and a very, very good something else. Um, but mm-hmm. my dad is a really prolific astrologer now. Um, and so he he actually had a stroke in this last year. And so he started mm-hmm. studying it a lot more as he was recovering. And um, so with that impetus, I also started studying it. So I'm in the middle of figuring that out. And I would like to eventually... Um, make it, you know, sort of like a 360 degree service. But for now, um, for now, it's like, I look at your picture or, you know, like even in, in stuff like this, like I always like pick stuff up. Um, Sure. Right now it's a matter of me learning how to just like, it's me trying to learn how to turn that switch off when I want to just have like a conversation. (laughs) Right. How to function in a just casual setting versus always having to like tap in and be like, Hey, like, yeah, your Your cousins. You're like, all right, well, this is not helpful right now. (laughs) That's pretty interesting. I mean, and so ha- this happened when you were what 28 or something like the um, big, big movement 
Yeah, it started it started after a breakup when I was 28. Um, and then it got really intense around 31. Mm-hmm. I'm 34 now. So yeah. So like three, about three years ago. Um, but I think it was a matter of, you know, this is such a cliche, but like when you get broken down and when you go through a ton of tumult and, um, you know, when you're, the rug is sort of pulled out from under you, that's when you're, if you're lucky enough to be able to figure it out, then that's when you do it, you know? So, um, this, like my late twenties was my Saturn return was like just an absolute disaster. And then, um, and then everything was really, really like climbing back up and then, and then it hit all of us. Right. Like, so, um, and now I'm just now back to the point where I'm like, okay, redirect. Like, I think this is where I'm heading. This is what I'm doing, but I also am learning. And the more I do these readings, the more I'm learning that like, you don't, you don't know, just, you know, it's like, it's worth it to just be present right now and take it as it comes because the more I can understand that, and this is a Hindu perspective has also helped with this, but the more I can understand that I am a physical being experiencing something through the lens of a greater thing, the easier it is for me to understand that like things are not happening to me. Um, the easier it is to do readings for other people because I don't, it's, it's very hard for me not to just take everything on that Mm. somebody is feeling. Um, and that, really gets in the way sometimes because then I can't always do readings or when we are collectively going through trauma, which is always, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's really hard not to live in that space. So, um, yeah, figuring out the discernment, I would say started in my early thirties, but the, the chaos was late twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's really important whenever you're working in any kind of energetic exchange to really understand how to protect yourself and, you know, not take stuff on mm. because I think it's a natural inclination of somebody who's more intuitive and a healer. You want to like be present and there's like a very thin line between presence being there from someone and then like it kind of seeping into your own kind of field. So, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, as someone who does a lot of healing stuff, I have over the years now just gotten more rituals involved Mm -hmm. and like little things I do before sessions or how to ground yourself. And it's only in time really that you learn that, you know, what works for you. So it sounds like you're swimming in those waters right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do, could you share, would you mind sharing some, some techniques that you use to like either ground yourself or kind of protect your energy or maybe pre or post sessions? Cause I'm sure there are people yeah. listening. I, I know for a fact there are people who listen to our podcast who are definitely empaths. So I think a lot of people experience that as well. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I have a few things that I like to use, but they're, and for me, they're generally all auditory because I'm a musician. It's, um, it's the most powerful thing for me to use and the most helpful thing for me to use. So, um, even just generally, cause I just, even as a human being, I'm somebody that struggles with anxiety and depression and, um, I have to, and sometimes, especially lately now I'm like, is this, am, is this me? Am I feeling this? Or is this like some, is this somebody's energy that's left over from a reading I just did? Is this, so the easiest thing I found, um, 
that I do before and after, which is really simple, is I just clap. I clap three times and I will kind of, I'll just, um, as I do that, I will, the first time I clap before a reading, I will kind of, you know, say that I'm clearing the space. I'm clearing the space. I'm allowing whoever needs to come in to give a message to come in. And then at the end, I'll clap and say, I'm clearing the space and asking everybody that's not on my team to leave and for my team to come back in, you know? Um, I love that. Yeah. I find that that help. That's very helpful. Um, cause this also, so this is a thing you study in opera, um, which is what my master's degree is in. It's like kinesthetics where you move. If you're trying to like, if you're studying a really florid or hard passage of music, um, oftentimes teachers will get you to move. They'll get you to walk in a circle as you're singing it, or they'll get you to move your hands as you're singing it. And it helps. It just helps you envision the energy of that passage coming out. Right. And it's Mm. similar to that in that I, if I can pretty strongly visualize my energy clearing and then add a noise or sound to it, then it becomes more effective for me. So sometimes I'll use, um, like I have a little, uh, Tibetan singing bowl that I will use sometimes to clear space. Sometimes it's something as simple as like, I'll just light incense and walk around. Um, I live in a studio, so it's, a, not a lot of space to clear, but it's also not a lot of space to share. So it just gets really intense if I don't do something like that. Or um, I'll put on like a favorite album, you know, which is usually like Lake Street Dive. I'll just put that on and sing and that will kind of clear everything around me. That's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah I, I I feel like I relate to you Um pretty in like in multiple ways just because I'm also someone who works in music and like auditory is very much like my my realm of like energy exchange so it's it's interesting like um how like those those two things kind of interact all the time another thing there's so much that you've said that I've like reflected on but another thing um Celine I don't know if you remember when we were interviewing Eloise and for anyone who's listening Eloise de Leon who's also um uh, a healer who's a Brooklyn based uh years ago she had the same experience where she worked in um like certain theaters and she would feel you know all of that energy so it's so interesting how like even though that you know that the energy is maybe like you're you're acting as someone like a really good actor will literally channel and personify this energy and like it'll like sit in that space yeah. so I, I found that like really fascinating as well and then the last thing and i'm going like rapid fire here but the last thing that i really love too that you said was you and your family i think there's a tendency, particularly from like the Western perspective, when you start to get more into energy and intuition and, and the occult, there's like a, a, like a full rejection of the Western view Mm -hmm. and like science. Whereas you're like, no, like East and West, like we can have both, you know? And like, the, the Eastern kind of ideas, these energetic ideas are actually like totally scientific. And it makes me think of like Yogananda and like the auto, you know, that kind of idea where it's like, these are actually not like separate modalities, but just like different ways of explaining the same thing. Totally. Yeah. I, um, I am also a 
again, a lot of hats, but I'm also a certified personal trainer and yoga teacher. And that was, I, I love like, um, like I love the science of yoga, uh, you know, that says in or by doing these asanas and by moving your body while that's such a small portion of what yoga is, that's what allows some of these like traumatic memories to release or some of these heartbreaks to, you know, um, excuse themselves. Like it's, um, it's just, to me, it's so much more comforting to, to think that both are real and to know that both are real. Um, I don't know, you know, cause science to me is also very comforting. Like it's, mm. you know, when, or even like math, like that two plus two will always equal four is very comforting to me, <laughs> but that I can, you know, um, that I can like create my reality is also comforting. So it's like, I don't know. It's, I don't know why it has to be one camp or the other. And I grew up in Alabama. So I grew up in a culture that was, you know, you're either you're Christian or you're not. And right. I, we were very much, we were kind of very much not, but then I also like sang in the church choir every weekend and was like the soloist for all the gospel stuff. And, you know, to me, it was like, yeah, but this is all, we're all saying the same thing. So why does it matter? And the same with like when people fight about medicines, like homeopathic versus, you know, Western medicine, it's like, well, both of these things have been researched and looked at. So what is the harm? And just like, you can go, you should, you should go and get chemo and radiation. And maybe also you should take these turmeric capsules. You know, it's like these things can be together and they should be. And I think it, if anything, it just broadens the possibility of, of healing in whatever capacity that is, whether that's through a reading or, you know, with, with an actual disease or whatever. But um, I think it's the openness that leads to you actually being presented with the solution that will work for you. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm an acupuncturist, so I'll, that's like right my wheelhouse, right? Like I think the evolution of healing really is the integration of these two modalities. And I think it is coming to a place where both kind of live together, but I think it will have to dismantle a little bit of a previous structure Definitely. that is falling. <laughs> um, so rad. So yeah. Sound. Sound is, I mean, I use sound so much in healing too. It's, I think the easiest way to clear stuff, to be honest, versus, do you remember when we did that thing in my room when I had that ghost? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Lots of clapping. Lots yeah, of there clapping. was a lot of clapping. That was really interesting. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, So how how do you manage it all? Like, what do you, are you having a good time? Are you finding it like tough to balance like all this stuff? Cause you're doing a lot. I'm doing so much. I, um, I am having a good time. I mean, good. like I yeah. am like in real time as we sit and live and breathe right now, I'm okay. Um, I definitely, I definitely dip in and out. Like I, um, and I, 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 I think there are so many things that contribute to that. You know, I know it's not just, um, I have to remember that while I am 
a light worker and a healer. I'm also, you know, a like person, human. just human that's living yeah. in Brooklyn in, the, in a pandemic that, you know, um, so it, it's very back and forth. Some days I find like, I have so much anxiety around even just even, even it'll be something like I only have, I have three readings to do today and I just will, I will do stuff like I'll just kind of sit totally catatonic until it's time to start the readings. Like, or I'll think about like, I'm like, I should make some tea or I should eat a piece of toast or something. And then I'm like, it's too much. I just can't. (laughs) And then there are some days where I'm like, I just pop out of bed and I get all the readings done immediately. And I have found um, planning my weeks around the planets and the moon has helped a lot. Like I don't Mondays, I don't do readings um, because it's a moon day. So I just like chill, you know, like, yeah, um, I find Venus days are really good for me to do readings. So I'll do them on Wednesdays and Fridays. And sometimes if, if I feel called to do something, on a Jupiter day for somebody, I will, if it, if I feel that it has a lot to do with like a turn in fortune, et cetera. Or if I feel that somebody's got something that's really karmic, I'll do it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am also just an empathetic musician. So I sometimes just, you know, I try to implement tools every day that I, that I know will help me. Like I try to move my body every day. I try to get the sun on my face at least for a second. Um, but I, what I'm learning largely is, is the concept of radical forgiveness with myself. And it's just like understanding, you know, I'm also somebody that has struggled with addiction. And so there are some days where I just want to sit at home and drink and smoke. And I have to just kind of like, be careful with myself on those days and be gentle with myself on those days and be like, okay, this is an aspect of you that exists. And to deny her is not necessarily the healthiest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously to indulge her is also not the healthiest thing. So I'm trying to find strike a balance there and it's difficult. Um, not uh, difficult is a heavy word, but it's complicated being single through that and not really having like a, there's no, nobody that I'm beholden to at all for anything. Mm. Like I don't have it. I don't have any kids. I don't have a partner. I, um, so I'm having to learn how to radically forgive and prioritize myself because it's like, well, you don't, whether or not somebody else is there, you have to be able to do this for yourself and navigate. So I, I would say that I go, I would say it's like a 75, 25, like 75% of the time I really am like, okay, let's get this bread. Let's work out. Let's do these readings. Let's, you know, let's help the world. And then a fourth of the time I'm like, I, if I get out of this bed, I might die. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I also think though, that is, that's partially like the collective too. Like, right. Mm -hmm. Like the energies right now are like so bonks. Like sometimes they're just easy. And other times you're like, this feels pretty devastating. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty complicated time to just be incarnated here because Definitely. there's so much happening. I know. And I just always have to actually my dad always reminds me of this, too. But um, or we as Hindus generally just always have to be like, we this is when we decided to come back. 
you know, like we are yeah. still, I mean, it's, it's impossible to understand on most days, honestly, right now. Right. Um, but I have to, I'm like, there's a, there's an inner deeper part of you that understood the assignment and like came <laughs> back now, you know, like, can you tell us? Yeah. Not, like too much. Um, but I, you know, it's like, I think it's, I think what hopefully makes me a relatable, um, what makes me a relatable intuitive and a relatable reader is that I don't, while I don't, I never, ever, ever will um, spin things negatively for people for the sake of like, well, you really need to get another reading if you want to figure out like how to fix this or, you know, like people Mm -hmm. try to be really remedial with readings and I don't really do that. Um, I won't, I don't generally like read cards in reverse, Stephen. Um, I just try to give people the most uplifting and loving messages that I can, because generally I really do think that's what we are meant to hear and how, what, what we're meant to act on. Um, on the other hand, I am, I try to be really honest on my social about when I am depressed or anxious, or if I've like you know, if I'm feeling guilty because I went out too much over the weekend or whatever, um, because I think the hardest part, at least for me so far, the hardest part is to remember and realize that this is an, an actual lesson every day. And on top of that, like every minute of every day is a new minute, you know? So it's like trying to, again, like stay present with that and be forgiving and to understand that like maybe I woke up today and I didn't get done what I wanted to get done but that doesn't mean that my whole day is shot or my whole week is shot or now November is ruined because I didn't wake up at 6 30 in the morning on November 1st (laughs) you know like um so yeah I just yeah so anyway it's a very long-winded way of answering to say that I am generally okay but I think collectively I just am I think I'm going through the same thing as everybody else yeah it's interesting like a few episodes ago we had Matt Swavely who's um an intuitive tarot and him and I had this really interesting discussion about you know the idea that intuitives and healers have to be this like perfect, non-mistake-making, vegan, you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff, which is like wonderful. You can yeah, do that. Sure, but, yeah. you know, the realness of being like, yeah, sometimes I overindulge or sometimes I get sad or sometimes I'm anxious and I'm depressed and I feel not great. Like I think is a helpful thing for healers and intuitives to hear. Like you can just be both things. Right. You know, and, and I think that's empowering and like you saying, you know, that you struggle, like that's really important for people to hear that you don't have to be perfect. You know, this perfection idea is such bullshit that is created in our society that is so detrimental to us, you know, like, and like, I mean, in terms of perfection, right. Like once you, I mean, once you're, if you've perfected everything down here and like you're enlightened, then like, that's your exit, you know, you're going to go like, it's the whole point is that you're experiencing this as a human. And that I saw something really cool yesterday, actually, um, where this, this, uh, this guru basically was talking about, um, 
his name's Sadhguru. He's like a big, um, he's a big Shiva. Yeah. And so um, my mom and I are big fans. And um, I mean, fans sounds weird, but followers. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we like I like fans. fans. I like fangirl. <laughs> We're like at every concert. Um, but, um, but he was talking yesterday about this ability to observe everything and that once you can, once you understand that things are just happening and not happening to you, that you, you even savor grief, you savor sadness and anger because you are, because you're getting to experience it in a physical body. And it's just as like we were saying about frequencies earlier too, right? They're, they're, they're the same frequencies in terms of like how you feel them or how strongly you feel them. It's just that they're not, you know, it's just, if you can like flip the script to be like, I am feeling this thing so intensely, what a gift it is to be able to feel this thing so intensely, despite how my mind is telling me it's making me feel right now. It's amazing that I can, that I have any breath of emotion, that I have any scope of, you know, that I even know that this is, really crappy because this other, these other amazing things have happened to me. And, um, I, yeah, I just think, and there's fun in all of it, right? Like I was drinking beer and screaming at the saints on TV yesterday and then, you know, praying to Durga this morning. Like it's, it's okay. Like, yeah, I think that's, it's to me, I think that's where it's at, you know? So yeah. Well, it's the the paradox or the irony of being a physical being, but also once you acknowledge that you're more than the physical being, right? Like connecting with that higher part of who you are or that deeper part of who you are and then experiencing life that way. It's it's a whole a whole different way of being. I think for yeah. and for a lot of people, I think it's just a matter of like releasing the attachment to just the egoic concept of self. Definitely, yeah. And yeah. I think remembering that age is just not, I mean, it's just not a thing. I mean, it is like, you know, I guess also I, I lately have been practically thinking about age a lot because I am somebody that does want to have kids and I do want to, I, ha, I do want to get married kind of thing. So, you know, then your human brain kicks in and is like, well, if that's what you want, like we gotta, we kind of got to get this show on the road. And on the other hand, I'm like, I'm at the very beginning of my life. Like there's so many things for me to experience still. And there's so many ways that this can happen. And, you know, it's not up to me to decide the how it's not up to me to decide by this age, I should be this by now I should, you know, be on this number Broadway show. I should, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, that's what, that's when, time becomes a problem because then you end up wasting it thinking about it all the time. Mm. Right. So it's like mm -hmm. trying to understand that. And that, I mean, again, another age old cliche, but that like, you're really not guaranteed any time. So you might as well just enjoy the time that you have. But again, it's very, very easy for me to say that talking to y'all, you know, and then like I close the laptop and I'm like, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. With my <laughs> Interesting. I would also say like, just like on this, on this note, like, I feel like this comes up a lot. Like, you know, both, all three of us are New Yorkers. Like Celine and I are New Yorkers. So, um, and we've had feedback about our podcast where it's like, it's, 
it's a very unique kind of perspective to like talk about like these woo woo or like occult or whatever topics from the New Yorker perspective. (laughs) And like, it's come up also in the past too, where it's like, if there is a training ground for this, like New York is it like you're bombarded with so much energy, so much just like frenetic craziness from like every area. Like if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, you know, like, like energetically, (laughs) right? Like, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's true. And like, you know, growing up, I would go to India every summer. So I was in like, even more intensely populated and chaotic places always. So I've never really, I've never really thought, I mean, obviously there are a ton of people in New York and there are ton, there's a ton of stuff going on in New York, but I've never really thought of it as I, for some reason, I've always felt much more grounded and peaceful here than say like when I go home to Alabama and I'm like in the forest, you know, like with, with true silence, that's when I really am like, it's not that I'm uncomfortable, but that's when I'm like, oh, now I can hear everything very loudly and it's very distracting. Like, it's like New York is almost a white noise buffer that mm. allows like allows me to be a little bit more focused on what is actually going on in my head. Oh, that's so interesting. Hmm. So your parents are still in Alabama. Yeah. So my, um, yes. So my p- mom and brother, sister-in-law, and the and their kids are in Atlanta. My dad goes back and forth between uh, Atlanta and our house in Birmingham because he still uh, works like eighty hours a week, <laughs> even though he really should retire. But you know, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I know. Um, he's just that's not really in our blood. Like our, we just don't know how to not do anything or actually that's not totally true. I think I'm the only person in the family that kind of knows how to not do anything, but um, we definitely are all people that have to be constantly intellectually stimulated. Like it's boredom is like the enemy of the Meleths for sure. Um, and so how do you like, so people can just book stuff on your website and like, that's yeah. really the way to go or, um, the website also Instagram is a good place because I do, uh, I tend to, if, if no insane, like planetary square or retrograde is happening, I do tend to do a lot of daily like reels and readings. Um, oh, and cool. then, uh, through there, it's just easy to email me at yam.hinduitive at gmail.com. And that's the easiest way to book a reading for sure. Awesome. Yes, we'll definitely link that up for sure. Yeah. I, I was a little curious to chat a little bit more about like you do these kind of like energy clearings. Um, does that happen often? Because I, I work in video too. So it's interesting like how, yeah, there can be spaces where... I don't know if like a line producer or someone like hits you up and is like, Hey, like we really need to clear the energy of this space. Like yeah, that, that's it's so usually, fascinating. Yeah. It's usually directors okay. and it's usually for something like for with, with the actors themselves. Like I will like go in and kind of, you know, clear the space, but I also kind of have to explain to people that like, I'm not a, I'm not a witch. I just am like <laughs> a person that's like, 
fairly intuitive, you know? And sometimes I also am like, I think I might just be giving you advice that I would give to you as yam, but like, if that's what does it for you, that's great. But I, usually it's like an actor thing where I will start with like a yoga, like a 15 minute, you know, yoga class and meditation. And then I will just kind of get all of the actors to interact with each other. And we'll just kind of collectively clear the space so that um, it's like the way to start the day in the morning. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. Cause like, it's not, you know, it's, it's kind of becoming more popular. It's also kind of something that I just decided I do, you know, like I just was like, it was one of those things where I was like, this is helpful to people, but I don't really have a name for it. So I was like, what do I, what do I call this? Like, this isn't really teaching yoga. This isn't really doing a reading. And I was like, I'm coordinating energy, I think. So yeah. I, um, yeah, I, so think now so. I call myself like a, an energy coordinator. And it honestly, I, it relies a lot on my intuition because that need is different from set to set or place to place, because sometimes it is like, people need to clear whatever they've got going on with each other. Sometimes it is just like, Oh, there, there's just like kind of something lingering in here. Let's just, you know, clap it out or whatever. Right. Um, Yeah. 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 I mean, for anyone who is listening, who's like involved in that kind of stuff, like that's super helpful to have that kind of grounding or clearing of energy because there are times where like you can kind of feel it where like, people may come into the set or come onto stage with like shit going on and it, you know, just like, uh, what do you call it? Like overflows into the production or the, you know, the scene or whatever. And, And that can like really make, you know, cause issues with like the art that you're trying to create. So that's like a really interesting way of like approaching like energy work from like, how do, how do we, how do we like work with the energy so that we can like create an artistic expression that's actually like helpful for people. That's like really getting, you know, the creator, the director, the musician, whatever their like idea across in a way yeah. that, that will like inspire and like influence people in a positive way. So that's, that's really cool. I love that part about your practice. Yeah. Rad. Yeah. That's so rad. Well, thanks so much for doing our little pod. It was yeah. really delightful. And like, just super cool to hear about like a different way of like working in the energy worlds. Yeah. I really appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. It was r- really a pleasure meeting you Yams and hopefully we'll be in touch soon. And yeah, um, for everyone listening, like you'll, you'll see the links hit up. Yams. See, you'll see the, you'll links. see the links, you'll see the socials <laughs> get involved. You know, you need, you, you know, you need that energy clearing. Come on now. So, um, Thanks you all for joining us and thank you Yams for sharing your energy and your perspective. It was really a blast. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks all right. so much. All, all right. right. Take care guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.